What's up all you beautiful people? It's your boy Hobart coming to you from the city of angels. I'm down here in LA for this week. Going to be recording and shooting a couple podcasts, hanging with the fam, uh, and just jumping in the ocean and all that lovely LA stuff. Um, I feel like there's some reverb I'm getting in here, so that's a cool natural effect. This is natural reverb, not added in post. Thank you very much. Uh, Warriors, uh, where all my fans at? How about that game last night? Game two of the NBA Finals. Warriors clinched the win against the Celtics. I'm stoked. I got to watch it with my aunt, who's an L.A. Uh, native, but is becoming a Warriors fan, which is great news. Um, and then today I called in, uh, called into Willard and Dibs, my favorite sports talk uh, radio show. And got to give some takes, do some reminiscing. Dibs was on episode 50 of this podcast. So um, I got a little nervous, but I feel like I landed the plane. So it was fun. Uh, but here we are. I'm going to jump right into it. So my guest today is, my guest today, my guest today is uh, a lovely young man, a true lad in the, every sense of the word. Um, he is just the puppy dog every time I get to work with him. Uh, he is Brennan Smart, and I met Brennan working weddings. For those of you who aren't aware, I'm a wedding videographer and, and a lot of my time. He's a wedding photographer, and uh, we ended up, we've ended up working side by side quite a bit this year already. And uh, he's just such a positive dude, always bringing the good vibes, always keeping me laughing during those long 12-hour wedding days. And uh, and we were hanging out uh, the other night and told him about my podcast, and uh, he wanted to come on, and I was just only too glad to have him on. So we jump into this one. Uh, Brennan is a wedding photographer, an aspiring fashion photographer, and a skateboarder. So we jump into some skate lore, trade some stories, uh, we kind of talk about some movie stuff and uh, finish it off with some, you know, just kind of learn a little bit more about the man behind the camera. Um, you know, one thing that I found really interesting about this episode was uh, just talking to someone who's like a generation and a half younger than me. Uh, Brennan is is 19, so, you know, that's what, 15 years younger than me. So a lot of my references, I, you know, needed to be translated across the, t the time gap. But, uh, you know, we aren't, there's no ageism on this podcast. I'll have anyone on seven year olds to 97 year olds, 107 year olds. Uh, I think multi-generational, multi-generationalism is the way to go. And, and it was truly a treat, uh, getting to talk to someone who's grown up in a world that was very different than the one that I did. So Brennan, I appreciate you, brother. Super cool having you on. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this one. It's, it's a bro down. It's just a traditional bro down. So without further ado, let me introduce to you, my man, Brennan Smart on this episode 53 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise. <laughs> the water, yo, the water's on our side, yo. We're running with the water. It's the best.
Dude, this is probably way before your time, but did you ever play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? I have, yeah. Like the original? Yeah, yeah. Dude, that, uh, that's like the reason I got into skateboarding. When I really? Was, I was like in, I was in seventh grade when that game came out. And I remember like me and my brother at the mall, I think it was at like Mervyn's, which also dates me, I'm sure. I don't know um, what that is. Yeah, Mervyn's was a was like Macy's kind of. It was like a department store. Oh, really? They went out of business in the early 2000s. Interesting. But they had like, they always had this game console set up, like a PlayStation. Yeah. So when we'd go shopping, like when our mom would go to the store, we'd like just go hang out and play the video games. That's fire. And uh, they had Tony Hawk Pro Skater. On like demo. the, on like what? On a PlayStation 1. On a PlayStation 1? Yeah. And Damn. Dude, and it was so sick. And then... I remember for Christmas, my dad got us a PlayStation, which was like Crazy. the sickest gift yeah. ever. My mom was furious. That's like uh, with, my, I think it was my mom got us a PlayStation 3. I think that was like the first like big, like it was like, oh shit. But the Wii, but the Wii was like crazy. We, yeah. had, we had the Wii. Dude, Wii was sick. Wii was sick. Uh, Wii was like my like late college for me. Really? We uh, we we would hang out. Me and my roommates at the time come home at, from school. You know, Thursday night, nothing going on. We just smoke spliffs and just play we golf. We golf. We golf. All about the we golf because you. Could, I still think it's like one of the most underrated games. And bring the we back, dude. Bring the we back. Where's the we too? That's what I want to know. Dude, wait. Don't they have the um? Wait, yeah. Cause I was thinking of like the Nintendo, like the Switch. Yeah, what's the what's the new one? I'm so lost on Nintendo lore. I am too. I'd say like Nintendo Switch. I, I know there's like the Dolphin. The what? There's like the Nintendo Dolphin, and then there's like the Switch, <laughs> which sounds like a S and M term. The Switch, yeah. And then you have, isn't there like a Connect or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm like so out of touch with that stuff right now. Yeah. Like, just kind of. Like, I haven't even played video games in a while in a while yeah which... I've, I've been diving deep into the game age especially over the pandemic yeah i didn't have a console for years because i was worried of yeah, how addictive it is knowing that about yeah. myself but i think like in 20 2017 2016 my friend gave me a, like an xbox 360 and i just went in and then i decided to get a ps4 because i was like I can I can manage this. Can manage this. I keep it pretty good now. I'm like a PM gamer. PM gamer. That's good. Play some Warzone or something in the evening times. I yeah, I I mean I love Warzone, but I just at the end of the day, I'm just like tired and I'm mm-hmm. just like I just want to do nothing and just chill. And when I'm like when it when I got like the day off or something like that, I try and go out and skate or like get outside and just enjoy the sun and yeah you know, on on Healthy gloomy da- yeah on gloomy days i'll maybe uh bust out the xbox oh, yeah. but uh i love that i mean it's so rare especially here in oakland it's like 300 days of sunshine like those days yeah, where we get a crazy. Crowd, so I'm like, yes i can be a slob today i can be a slob <laughs> dope. yeah that's fair but yeah dude tony hawk pro skater the original dude. that shit was crazy game ch- i mean me and my brother got boards and started skating because of that i think a lot of people got into skateboarding because of that first one it was like right you know 1990 
I want to say 99 mm. or t- early 2000. It was like, I feel like when skateboarding kind of hit its cultural peak. It's like the X yeah. Games were here in, the, in San Francisco. Big, yeah. Tony Hawk had just la- landed the first 900. It was like very that mainstream. Time. Yeah. Damn. And uh, yeah, and we got we totally got into it. I was a huge skater throughout like high school, first couple years. Got in the newspaper a couple times. Really? We had this. Uh, we had this. We had this like student group at my middle school. Mm. It's like a uh, peer student peer kind of thing. Yeah. And the counselor, shout out Peter Oppenheimer, out there, came in and he was like, "What do you guys want to do for a project?" And I mean, I had just been dreaming about a skate park. At the at the school? I just wanted one. I grew up in a small town up in Marin, and we didn't have yeah. a skate park. Oh, so like was, just to have one around. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. I was like always skating at post offices and at the school, getting into trouble. And, getting kicked out. And I just dreamed like four of my birthdays in a row or to the skate park. And just like, I was like, hey, could we build a skate park? Like that would be so tight. Yeah. And, uh, and we talked about it and we ended up build, making this festival called the Bean Fest. It was like bean fest. It was like be evolve act now, be environmentally active now. There's a bunch of different acronyms, mm. and it was like a one day cultural fest at our school with live music, and we had like booths and vendors, and then we bought a bunch of like masonite and wood and templates, and we built all these ramps. ramps and... We built like quarter pipes, and dude, we that's had like fun. a sick like tabletop, and we had a couple kickers and. Um, and it was a success and I ended up that day. I was like, I used to do these like early grab airs. Oh, that's sick. Cause I wasn't, I couldn't like ollie out of a transition. So yeah. You just did early grabs everywhere. Just early grabs off of ramps. And the, um, my friend was like towing me on his BMX and mm. I would like hold on to like the peg yeah, or the seat. And then he would paddle really fast. <laughs> and then I would just launch off the ramp and, I was trying to do an early grab 540. Damn. Back, like into the, into the ramp. Back and, into the train. Damn. And I never like even got that close. Got that. Like, I wasn't really landing back on the board. I was like barely. Just, you got to try it though. And, but just full send. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And I ended up getting a shot in the Marin IJ, like local newspaper, a picture of me, like grabbing all this air, like looking like I was doing this sick move. And then not landing it. Yeah, and like there was all these um like amateur, like semi pro skaters. Yeah. From the local skate shop that were there. And they were just like hell of mad at me. Cause I was getting all this attention because I was trying this big trick. And you didn't and land like, this it. This guy's not even coming close to landing it, you know. And that would get like yeah. skaters choked. Oh for sure. Like they were like definitely I was getting some shade, but I don't know, I was just having fun. Yeah. I was just trying to I mean Skating's all about fun, though. Yeah, I was trying to it's land fun. it. Yeah, it's not you're just saying. Yeah, yeah, I did it. <laughs> right. No, and it wasn't like I was. I wasn't putting on airs or pretending like I was. You know, they, I was stoked on them. I was like, "You guys are sick skaters." Like, yeah. You guys are doing like hard flips off the transition, transition and, and stuff. You know. Yeah. What What kind of skating do you like to? 
you like a street guy? Street, a lot of street. Yeah. I but I like part like I like going to the skate park and just hanging out with my friends, having a good day, um, learning new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you got what, what are you working on right now? What's the trick you're trying to? So actually, I just I just learned kickflip backtails, and that was like a crazy like just the craziest accomplishment in my like skating throughout my whole life. Have you landed it yet? Yeah, I got it. Oh, sick. And I had it on video too. Oh, I gotta show you that. Um, How good is that feeling? I, it shows in the video. <laughs> it shows, because I'm like, I land it, right? And like, when you land a trick like that, you don't, like, you don't, you just black out for the whole thing and then mm. you land you're like, holy <laughs> shit, like I just landed it. And so I, like, I was just screaming and I was just, skating to all my friends because it was just being filmed on like a on like a tripod just because i was i tried it a bunch and i didn't want people yeah i didn't want people to just be like keep filming me for like hours on end because i didn't even know if i was gonna land it that day i tried like for like three days straight and then i finally got it and i was like holy crap and it was good because i got pop out too Mm. i popped out and it was it was clean um yeah that's something that is such a specific it's like such a specific thrill that I feel like it's comparable to the other things in life but mm-hmm. the thrill of landing a new trick in skating that you've been trying for like weeks or months it's this unique moment because nobody it's it's 100% your achievement like nobody yeah. else is no, that's oh my, I didn't even think about that because it's just like you just enjoy that. Like it took it was a battle to get here, but we did it. You know, yeah. And yeah. and also just the you know you're like around your friends. Like it definitely feels different to land the trick when people are watching. Yeah, you get that. Oh, oh yeah, you know, all the homies are just psyched yeah. for you. Landing. Totally, and and it's just like this bliss bliss that you get. And yeah. Again, it was like I think growing up, we all dreamed about being a pro. Yeah, none of us really expected we were going to get there. Yeah, like I was skating at this level, and then, you know, my friends were like skating at this level, and then we had a couple homies that we knew that were like at Wait, that yeah, level, yeah, and yeah. they weren't even like. Yeah, I got. I got sponsored or anything. I have a couple friends that are like sponsors. They're on like a bunch of companies, mm-hmm. and skating with them is just like it's crazy because. They're all like filming for video parts and for the companies and everything. And it's just, it's cool to see because it's like a different dream, I guess. Like mm-hmm. as a kid, I always wanted to go pro because that was kind of the, the thing like for me because as every skater, like we, like you said, um, you just want to go mm-hmm. and skate for a living. But then I picked up photography and just, which is, that, that's which what. is a viable, I think most like pro most skateboard videographers and photographers are skaters themselves. A lot of them are, yeah. You know, like that's how you get yeah. into it. You have your crew that you're working with. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. I definitely found that in 2020. I went to Spain with my cousin. We, we were working on a skate video because mm. I mean, even into his 30s now, he's still like he like dove into skating like in the last five years. Tripping, like, yeah. Your body starts to break down. I'm so impressed every time I see him out there, like sending it. Um, That's but he's cool, he's like a semi pro skier. Oh, so we went into the Pyrenees to this little town in Spain, and I was like 
maybe I'll be, maybe I can get into like, you know, like being a ski snowboard videographer. Like mm-hmm. that'd be sick, you know? Yeah. And I brought my snowboard out and the first day, like oh, no. I'm out there with him and all these like pro skiers who are like just beasts. Yeah. And they just take me down the most gnarly double black diamond face like moguls and it's super icy oh no not and on ice I'm like too trying to film and like barely like you know i can't keep up with those guys they're just bombing, they're just the hill. bombing it and i realized after i had like a one day stint as a ski videographer and i'm like yeah not for me yeah like i didn't grow up in the mountains i wasn't skiing every day for these guys it's like breathing yeah know? that's what i noticed about like because i grew up snowboarding and skiing, mm-hmm. but I always was drawn more to snowboarding just because skateboarding, and I just enjoyed it more. So I always felt that just because of how far I was from the mountains, it was like my progression wasn't as consistent just because I wasn't, you know, able to just go from my house and hop on a ski lift. You know what I mean? You got to like travel out and do all that stuff. Yeah. So it's not as like with skating, you can just go outside your house and just slash around on the concrete for a couple hours. It's a di- there's a fundamental difference to people that grew up at a high school that had a ski team. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a like, ski team. If you grew, like we grew, I grew up playing CYO basketball and yeah. soccer. Some kids grow up in that like their version of that is like slalom or you know I don't know I know my cousin was like racing. Yeah, his you know in his childhood years and adolescence. And for him, like skiing is like running. Like he, yeah. You know, he can move on those things and his sense of balance is, is incredible. And, um, you know, I, I snowboarded from like sixth grade on and I mm. loved it. Still really enjoy it, but there's a difference when you have that natural, you know, unbroken chain of experience, yeah. you know, going back that deep. Yeah. I mean, it's like kind of like just picking up a camera or a skateboard and you're just like it's all natural and it's just it's there and it's super accessible yeah i feel like the more i do i mean with everyone the more you do something the better you get at it right so but it's a lot more easy to be drawn to something that you're easily accessible to you know yeah and and speaking to that you know for my guests out there uh how would you describe yourself as far as your photography and like the way that you think about yourself as a creative? Um, like how do I, how do I picture myself? Like when people ask you what, what do you do creatively or what's, you know, how do you identify as a professional? Like photographer. How do you describe, yeah. What is yeah. It just a professional photographer. Just cause I don't know. Cause I don't really have like a title right now. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, weddings, and then I'm I'm slowly getting into fashion. I, I want to, you know, do more of that in the future, for sure. Um, but kind of just anything photography-related, I want to I wanna shoot. And it's never really, um, you know, I kind of just always want to be around a camera. And, uh, but, but in terms of, like, describing myself, I just say photographer, because mm-hmm. there's many different areas of photography that i shoot you know yeah because one day i'll be in the studio or at a wedding you know mm-hmm. so we're editing right so yeah photographer <laughs> photographer at large. photographer simple how did you get started doing that kind of work 
So I like originally got into it because I was, my grandfather gave me a, a old Olympus 35RD film camera and uh, I didn't even like, I wasn't really huge on shooting with it. I actually was just super obsessed with like how it looked and like I, it took me a while to get film um, and to actually shoot with it. But then I took a, a course in high school and this is, I think, my junior year of high school. And I I started to shoot in that class with, like, a Nikon D750. I don't know. Or yeah. 3200, something yeah. like that. I don't remember exact the exact number. But, you know, a DSLR. And I just kind of took from there. And I kind of already knew that, like, when I – the more and more I was doing it, I was like – you can make money off of it. Like this can be like a career path. And so then I was kind of just like, I'm just going to try it out and, uh, you know, put a lot of my attention on there. And then I think it, it was right after I graduated, I, I got a camera, uh, Canon 80D. And that thing was, you know, a beast for me then, but now it's not as <laughs> crazy. You know, so yeah, I'd say that's that's kind of how it all started, and then I just started to shoot with some friends and stuff, and I, uh, yeah. Were you shooting skating first? Like, what was your, what was the first subject matter that you dove into? Dude, I was automatically drawn into street photography. Okay. Um, just because I really like I liked comp just cool composition. It was kind of like skating to me, where I can walk around the streets and like see a spot. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, I got to come back here and skate this. But instead, it's like, oh, I got my camera. I can, you know, shoot a photo or go out and something wrong. No, we're good. We're still rolling? Yeah, just so, I'm just monitoring. Monitoring. Fair enough. Um, yeah, like, I what, guess what it was just... street photography for those who don't know? It's when you go around and just capture kind of your environment and people... Um, like a lot of city city stuff, like you just walk around, capture you know a building that you find cool, has cool shadows, uh, architecture, you know, kind of stuff like that. Um, just people, quick and not nothing planned. It's just like kind of just there. Mm-hmm. I'll definitely like go somewhere and I'm like this is not the right time for it. Like I gotta wait until sunset on a nice day to come back and get it or something like that. So I definitely plan it. Um, sometimes, but for the majority of it, I just, you know, walk around with my camera and just find cool stuff. See what you see. Yeah. But it's like, it's like skating where you just come across a spot and you're just like, I got to skate this. Did you have a moment in doing that? Like a particular image that you captured or something where you're like, oh, I can do this. Like where you looked at it afterwards and you're like, Hey, I'm like pretty good at this. I can can actually do this. I can see myself succeeding. I think it was um, either one of my first, like, portraits that I was like, holy shit, like, this is good. I really like this. Or it was um, this landscape shot I took in my in BC, and it was of this uh, pier. It was called the White Rock Pier. Um, and I took I took a landscape shot of that at sunset, and I was just like, so excited about it and that was actually the first print i did Mm. um and i I don't do too much printing but 
I was like, I need to print this. And, uh, yeah. So that, that was kind of the point where I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm progressing a lot more. And then the, the, once I started to progress with, um, portrait stuff slow, like not, not, it wasn't quick. It took a little while. Um, just cause you got to plan portrait stuff and all that. And I still would watch like YouTube videos and other creators and kind of just, uh, learn from them. And yeah, I, I, I don't let, I'm not really a school person. So mm-hmm. I find that learning by going out and actually experiencing it, learning by experience, I just, I learn so much quicker and I just like, it works for me. YouTube Academy. University YouTube, Aca- YouTube. YouTube Academy. Yeah. yeah. I got myself a degree from there for sure. <laughs> I have like a, I have a bachelor's or a master's. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> were you, uh, were you working in like a dark room? Were you doing film exposures or was this all digital at the, by this time? All digital. Okay. I've never really been a f- film photographer, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I do shoot film. Um, but it's funny. I actually like love the process and I love film, but I think I just, I'm, I, I don't really like the weight. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Yeah, that instant gratification. Yeah, but but I do. I think I I actually really love Polaroids. Uh, one of the, my uh, cameras that I really want is an SX seventy, hmm. um, and it like folds up, super cool. <laughs> it's okay. like a sleeve, yeah, and then it pops up, and I'm super fascinated by that um, and how quick Polaroids are um, to process, and I think that sort of gives me that like Mm -hmm. same feeling as shooting digital yeah um but you know i uh i definitely like film a lot but i've never worked in like film processing or anything like that but yeah polaroids have really made a comeback i feel like there's such a in like the era of the selfie or the you know the digital photo age where everyone now has like an incredible camera in their pocket yeah um it's kind of like inflated the value of an image mm-hmm. kind of like how spotify's inflated the value of a song like when you have access to every song mm-hmm. each individual song isn't quite worth emotionally the same as it used to be yeah i think with images because everybody like every day is snapping tens if not hundreds of images yeah and they just kind of go into the fucking swamp that is your phone mm-hmm. most of the which you never even look at them again facts um, I think that something like a Polaroid, having this physical thing Copy, in your yeah. hand that is still, it's kind of in this sweet spot, right? Because like a really nice print is something that like you might hang on the wall, mm-hmm. but it's almost like too, it's almost like too nice to the point of where it's not, um, doesn't quite have that that feeling of currency that like a Polaroid is still informal, but it's more than like a digital image. Yeah. So like, you know, if you go into my kitchen and look on my fridge, I have all these Polaroids Mm -hmm. and they're these lovely little moments that like that picture takes me back to the moment in a way that like a digital, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know? And so they do have their little niche, I think. And, you know, getting back to the idea of the, like the wedding, you know, we both met working in, in weddings, yeah. covering weddings. Um, I love the idea 
you know, when, when, you know, people at a wedding will either have a Polaroid, you know, over by the like the guest yeah, book, yeah. or another cool one is like when people will hide disposable cameras all around like the reception area or, yeah. or if it's like a, a camp out all around the campground so that like, you know, as a couple, you are going to miss a large amount of the things that happen at your wedding. It's just too much stuff yeah. going on. But having these little cameras, you get to then look back through them and you're going to see all these moments that you otherwise would have missed. Yeah. Um, you're kind of like crowdsourcing coverage of your event. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, even as a photographer for the wedding, it's like so cool to see that. Cause it's just like, you know, it's a different vibe than like getting it professionally shot. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like, Oh, I mean, we've, <laughs> we've taken some yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, uh, just super, super fun little, uh, you know, you can have it in your wallet or something, Yeah, which I think is super, uh, different than like, you know, just going on your phone and like looking at your photos, like you said, you know, one, one thing I try to do every year, it's kind of like a personal practice I do like around my birthday. Mm-hmm. As I spend, I'll usually like spend an afternoon and go through every single Facebook photo that I have. You, I'm up to the point now where, you know, it takes about three hours. Really? I'm going back to like 2000, 2006, 2007. 2006 yeah. is when I got Facebook. Mm-hmm. All the way back then when it was only college kids on it. And I was very resistant. But, but one of my dorm rape mates, one of my dorm mates was like, Bro, do you know how many girls are on Facebook? On like, and you can just message them. <laughs> I was like, "What? What is this wonderful thing?" Uh, so, looking back, it's it's kind of a cool practice to watch my face change in reverse. Dude, that must be trippy. Yeah. Look at all these. I mean, yeah. You know, all these moments, and the majority of of the photos that I have on on Facebook are pre smartphone. Really? So there are all these what like are they on? handheld, you know, little cameras. Uh, Film? No, no, like yeah. d- digital cameras. Like you know, for most of my twenties, it was like you know, smartphone smartphones weren't that ubiquitous yet, and so a lot of stuff was someone would have like a digital camera, a little small one. Bring. Yeah, I had a little like Sony Carl Zeiss, whatever, twelve megapixel thing. That's awesome. And. Uh, yeah, and looking back, and, and in the last, like, probably five years, like, my posting on Facebook has dropped to almost nothing. I think I put mm. up these podcast episodes. That's pretty much it. And then I use Facebook maybe for, like, finding work or buying and selling items. Yeah, Marketplace. Like, yeah, Marketplace. Love it. Um, and that's that's pretty much where it's gotten. But But looking back, you know, it's cool to see the many faces over the years that like used to be an everyday part of my life that I'm just not in touch with anymore. The, those old memories that, you know, yeah. that, that, that I was a part of. Do you use Facebook a lot? You're, you're, no. you're a, in a, the new generation, right? Well, like I'm not even consistent on Instagram. Like I don't even, I'm not on my phone very much. Mm-hmm. I, uh, on my laptop a lot, but, um, when I'm not, like I said, I'm out like skating or something and yeah. I don't even post, like I don't post on Instagram. I don't use Facebook. I, I get a lot of like, Oh, what's your Facebook? Like, I'm just like, I don't even know. Like what are your socials. Brad? What are your socials? Um, 
Yeah. So just like Instagram. I use Twitter for a little while. I like Twitter. What do you like about Twitter? I just like how people have their guard down on Twitter. Because, like, with Instagram, people are super, even me, from, like, you know, from a standpoint of just, like, they're, I don't, I don't really know what it is, but it's something to do with, um, um, <laughs> the, I, yeah, I, I can't even describe it, but, like, on Twitter, you can just, like, post your tweet and it's kind of just in the air you know and it's up for conversation instagram it's like one specific post and like people can comment and i feel like in high school it's just i don't know it was you didn't want to be judged or anything like that by what you posted Mm -hmm. i don't even like now i don't really it doesn't really matter i'll post kind of whatever but i just i still just don't post very much yeah i think instagram as a platform is a little more like pr Mm mm-hmm like there's a, it seems more curated, like self-curated in the sense yeah. that everyone's kind of showing an idealized version of their reality. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know? So it's like, and I like it for that reason, like, you know, relative to like a Facebook, there's like, it seems like there's less negativity on, on Instagram as a mm-hmm. platform and a lot more creativity. You know, I, I liked it. My, my timeline at least is like filled with art and creative stuff and comedy. So mine, yeah. Mine's, mine's a lot of art. Um, Twitter I know is like a bigger kind of range because, because of the anonymous factor yeah. where people can be anonymous on there, you're going to get, some would argue a more honest representation of who someone, yeah. People's someone state is, yeah. or people's communication. But, uh, like, the photography community on Twitter is, like, crazy, hmm. which I find, like, you know, a lot better than on Instagram because Instagram is – there's no feedback. And with Twitter, you can kind of just be like, oh, I love your – you know, like, people have their guard down, like I was saying earlier. And so they're kind of just able to post whatever and not hmm. really feel, like, you know, judged, I guess. I don't yeah. really know. I, I think I think there's, like, kind of a difference for sure. That must have been a trip going through, excuse me, going through high school with social media. Like I was, I think I had a MySpace for for a senior year, you know, but we didn't have to really deal with any of that. Uh, When I was in high school, there was no social media. So all the judgment and gossiping was very much word of mouth. Yeah. Um, I've heard that you know it's a whole nother landscape now, and you're still pretty fresh. You're, you know, you're 19, right? So, yeah. <laughs> you know, going. I can't imagine what like going through high school with like all that must have been like. Yeah, I, I mean, I, like on Instagram, going through high school, I was only posting like skate stuff. Like I made it skate edits, and I had a good time doing that. I kind of, I never really. I only got like positive feedback, so. I didn't really see social media in a bad way Mm -hmm. um, just because it was just kind of like, I just post this and I don't really interact with people. I kind of just like photos and scroll and stuff. Yeah. But for me personally, I just kind of, you know, would skate and then be like, oh, this is a sick trick. Let me make an edit. (laughs) (laughs) Edits were super big when I was in high school. Yeah. Now they're not as much, but they're like kind of some trendy skateboarding and stuff like that. That was going on camo pants. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. And it's funny, there's been like a, like as far as the fashion, as the style, there's, it's, it's like coming back around to where 
it was when I was in high school. Like you're wearing hella baggy pants. Yeah. You know? Like we are. We used to wear our pants baggy. Would be so baggy, and uh, it's like that funny thing about generations, right? Like hmm. my generation, we were like we idealized the '70s. And that was like our decade that we all wished we mm. could live in the seventies. All the fashion was like seventies. That was the vibe. And then, then the the next group was like fetishizing the eighties, which we thought the eighties was like disgusting. Or like yeah. The worst music, the worst clothes. Uh, and now it seems like with with the Gen Z, the, the younger half, like your section of it, is, yeah. The nineties are coming around, you know. It's yeah. It's weird how that like happens i guess just like things come cool again and yeah. i don't know I, I what i think about is like what's the fashion gonna look like in the future right <laughs> like because then what are we gonna be wearing mm-hmm. then you know like the there's that delay you know that whatever 30 year you know 20 to 30 year delay for something to become retro or vintage yeah like uh and it's just funny to see you know now you know the um the culture bring it back and it's crazy for me to think about that uh i was telling this to my friend the other day that we are now as close to the 90s as the 90s were to the 60s and so for me that's like a my like when i thought about the other day my mind was like because i you know i grew up in the 90s that was yeah like, i'm a 90s kid so to think about that like that when I was alive in the nineties, I was as close to the sixties as we are now and looked at, that's you know, crazy. Yeah. yeah like, that's true. Yeah. When I look at old, like, cause I love nineties films. When I look Same. at those movies, they feel a lot more like they feel a lot closer to like the seventies vibe yeah. of culture. Uh, than they do to like, you know, the nineties really feels more like the seventies than it does the 2010s or the 2020s, you know? True. Yeah, yeah, and you know, so it's it's just a trip to see the way that culture transforms. Yeah, I mean, it's cool to see, um, with like you're talking about films, uh, how different you know, like the technology and what films are doing nowadays. Like, because I was looking back at, oh, what was it? It was old James Bond films. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I watched one, and then I was like. Then I went like straight to like one of the newest films, and I was like, "Wow, like how much they were able to spend and put into like the scenes where like there's an explosion is like crazy now because it's all re- it's so realistic now, but then it just wasn't right. But it so was it was the people it was of the time, people of the time you know? which I wouldn't know. Yeah, but it was cool to you know be able to compare those, dude." I mean, and it's a different form of enjoyment, but like I remember when Jurassic Park came out. Was it like yeah. 95? The first one was in 95. Pretty sure, 95 or 96. Interesting. My dad took me and my brother to go see it. Yeah. And, dude, that shit was real. You know? <laughs> like that looked so real to us back then. But that's, that's how. That's funny. That's how, like, now it looks so fake. <laughs> so you know, but, but. And it's, that's even a better example. Like Jurassic Park actually holds up better than some other movies. But mm. I think that, you know, relative to what you were saying, like, like it's, 
things look really real today, but then in 20 years, the stuff that's being made today... It's going to look so, like, gonna look what shitty. is this? Yeah. That's one of my big bones with CGI because I'm, like, a big practical effects guy. Mm-hmm. I really like the models and the puppets, and I think yeah. that's one of my big critiques of a lot of the new Star Wars is that it's all just, like, CGI. And, and there's a reason why, like, the original Star Wars aged so well. Mm-hmm. And part of it was because of, like, the special effects the creatures yoda was like this weird little like muppet guy you know and you can see it your eye can tell that that's like a physical object versus like an animated versus the animated yoga yoda i mean like go back and look at episode one at the like prequels which were all cgi and look how bad they look now you know i mean they're more dated in some ways as far as their realism yeah than the originals what what would you what do you like more? Hmm? What do you like more, the older or the new one? Oh, the the originals. Originals. I don't, I don't even. I've had to emotionally divorce myself from anything else that's called Star Wars because I was like such a big Star Wars nerd growing yeah. up. Like that was my that was your thing. That was my shit. Yeah. And you know I've seen that. I could quote when I watch Star Wars. I pretty much just follow along and say the lines. Out say loud. the lines. It's fun though. It's my favorite movie of all time. Like I love that movie so much. Yeah. I watched it recently with my brother. We had like a stony brother night. Oh, nice. And I was like tearing up because I was like, "This is so good." You know. I know. I know what you mean. My brother and I do the same thing. We do the same thing. Different movies, but. Yeah. What's your Star Wars? <sighs> Man. I don't know. What is it? I like like. I don't. That's tough because I feel like it's funny now to like get stoned and watch Madagascar or like some shit like <laughs> yeah, that, like yeah. Happy Feet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Happy Feet is your story. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like something like that where it's just like Ice Age. Yeah. Ice Age is like, you know, it'd just be one of those funny things. But I don't know if I – I don't know. I feel like it would have to like come up in a conversation and be like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's totally my Star Wars. You know what I mean? Were you old enough? Are you old enough to have seen like the Lord of the Rings trilogy in theaters? I. What year was that? It was like 2003. No, I was born in 2002. Oh, shit. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> yeah. That's wow. That's wild. Um, I'm trying to like. In my mind, I'm trying to place like what what was the big like fantasy or science fiction franchise that was like. In my time, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you're, you know. Maybe Spider-Man. Okay. Like, I watched a lot of Spider-Man as a kid. What What was the, which Spider-Man was, was, was current when you were a kid? It wasn't Tobey Maguire, right? No, it was not Tom Holland. Not the, <laughs> the guy we're talking about, the, the middle guy. Yeah. The, um, the amazing Spider-Man. And, Andrew Garfield. He's my favorite. He's my favorite yeah, too. Yeah. But I don't think it was Toby Maguire. He was a skater. He was, yeah. That was a cool little No, but I don't know. Because I think I think um Is it nineties or, or early two thousands that uh the first Spider Man was? Toby? Toby, yeah. Yeah, that was like the early two thousands. Early two thousands. When I was in high so school. So maybe maybe that was probably my first like I I think I grew up with mm-hmm. that I guess. With, uh, like, Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin. And yeah. Kristen Dunst. Yeah. Good actors. Yeah. 
yeah those were those were goofy for sure it's funny how how much nostalgia plays a role in like the emotional importance of movies yeah like one thing you know a lot of kids in my generation like like the movie goonies was a huge movie for them goonies yeah the i've goonies, seen yeah which was in the 80s and it was just before my time mm-hmm. so i never really grew up watching the goonies yeah i didn't see it till i was like probably 24 25 yeah so when i saw it i was like it's all right sorry right, it just yeah. doesn't quite do it for me but i'm not viewing it through the nostalgic, nostalgia yeah being a kid and being like oh my god this is a crazy adventure yeah like, this is you know and there's other movies that i feel that way about that other people you know i mean star yeah. wars is a great example because like my cousin is 10 years younger than me you know he's 24 and he mm-hmm. grew up with the prequels yeah so to him that's star wars that's exciting yeah he has fond memories of those you know what i think it is scooby-doo huh. scooby-doo because i watched a ton of scooby-doo the cartoon or the movie cartoon and okay. movie because i like i really like the cartoon yeah but like the movies were like pretty funny too <laughs> Wait, let's see if I can do it. Re. <laughs> Is that it? Ruby Roo. I I actually saw a video, I think it was on Instagram, and it was like this dude did it into a tunnel and it sounded so similar to like how it actually like how they did it in like the film. Oh, he so like funny. Did the yeah, yeah. Voice? yeah. There's so many good takes about Scooby Doo and like who is your favorite character? Were you Shaggy Mom? Shaggy. Yeah. Shaggy hey, for man. sure. Hey, man. We're just trying to figure out some mysteries, brother. <laughs> He's such a stoner, too. Yeah, dude. It's so funny. I've got these weird pubes on my chin, man. Just... <laughs> Me and Scoob are going to go hit the bus. We'll be back in a little bit. Was that a front for smoking weed? I think it has to be. Right? It has to be. Like, well, the original Scooby-Doo was what? Like in the 70s? I want... It feels like a 70s cartoon. Is it really? I think it's pretty old. I think it goes back old, like old, but it went on for a long, yeah, it continued for a long time. I got to, I'll have to look that up. Maybe we do have the information. Got to find that out. What year did Scooby-Doo originate? Because, you know, it's a good thing. Here on the Bartcast, we try to, 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 uh, to give our listeners the the facts, you know, facts. We got to be about the facts. (laughs) What year did Scooby... Dude, but yeah, that was probably one of the one of the you know one of my top top three, I'd say. Nineteen sixty nine. Sixty nine. Yeah, it was the first. Um... When did it air? Tell it's it said the program's formula lent itself to seemingly endless variations, and new Scooby Doo episodes were produced under different series titles into the early eighties. So I think that like it got syndication probably. So a lot mm. of those old episodes. Kept going, kept going, yeah, yeah. And then I feel like in the maybe the nineties or early two thousands, it got re- revitalized. There was like a new Scooby Doo. Yeah, because I I watched like it was like hot when I was a kid, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't know, yeah. Have but you ever that's get into Looney Tunes. Yeah. Oh my, dude, Looney <laughs> Tunes. Yes, absolutely. Um, wow. Yeah, that's probably the one. Looney Tunes is dope, dude. I. I love the Looney Tunes. I mean, it goes back like a long time too. You know what's um, wild about Looney Tunes? I realized this recently. What? If you actually go back and watch them, 
almost all of the audio in Looney Tunes is just orchestral music. Like every footstep, every like really? motion, everything that happens is just a, is like a symphony. The footsteps are like violins, like bloop, 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 bloop. dude. So it's like pretty much you're watching a symphony with a cartoon accompaniment to it. Seriously? Yeah, and there's you know some of them have speaking, of course, and yeah. songs and stuff, but a lot of the Looney Tunes are just like symphony music that's creating a story of a show, all yeah. the audio stuff and it's pretty cool to go back and you know the music is so good in those yeah. old cartoons oh yeah no totally i, I think uh sylvester is that, that's the cat's name right Fuffer and <laughs> why was that actually really good that was really <laughs> good no it was it was sylvester right the that was cat? Pro- yeah yeah with tweety bird yeah tweety those are probably my favorite episodes One of or my roadrunner favorite. roadrunner is great i always loved roadrunner and wiley coyote i was yeah. always rooting for the coyote oh right just never could do it never never could do it one of my favorite sylvester moments of all time is in the movie space jam oh yeah yeah and they're like trying to put together a game plan for Mm -hmm. for uh how they're gonna beat the monsters and that's the basketball one right oh yeah yeah okay i didn't watch i didn't i didn't really watch that too much you gotta check i've seen it i've seen it i know that me and my brother did a whole podcast on space jam really and the last That's dance awesome. like the bulls documentary but my favorite one of my favorite moments of sylvester is in that and they're all like huddled up planning out how they're going to beat the monster basketball team yeah and then it goes to sylvester and he's like well first what we're going to do is we're going to wait for the widow to leave then we're going to sneak in the room and then we're going to get that bird you know and it's just all his mind is just on eating Tweety. It's not even on that. I think I've seen that scene. Yeah, it's really good. I definitely have. Then I've definitely seen it. I know that. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, it's pretty Man. hilarious. Um, yeah, so the definitely the... Oh, I just... I need to plug this laptop in. Um, that nostalgia factor is huge. Mm. And... So that's definitely a big... Um, where is it? Oh, it's stuck in the Timberland. On the lift. One, two, three. Yep. There, there we go. go. Nice. Teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. So, all right. So, fashion photography. <laughs> why do, Why fashion? You could shoot anything. Why, why do you, why, what about fashion excites you? I think it's just like, from an early age I was always super interested in clothing I always like I never wanted like you know when you were a kid your mom dressed you like kind of thing mm-hmm. I always wanted to do that I always loved shopping um, I just I don't know I thought it was thought it was cool I never really cared what people thought I guess and I kind of just wore what I want and uh, although I dress like a skater because mm-hmm. I you know but like I, I do you know, I, I dress up. Is this and, T-shirt intentional? Yeah, minimal. <laughs> I minimalistic. Yeah, yeah, I plan out every outfit. Um, but I guess just like, even if I'm not wearing something like super in your, you know, in your face, I guess mm-hmm. um, loud. It's very colorful. Um, I think I like. Lo- I've always enjoyed, you know, seeing fashion and like new trends and what's going on with uh bigger companies in the industry even smaller ones um so i guess my mix of photography is that it's just 
I like shooting with like models and like planning out and having like a, you know, something that we want to capture and it's not like, you know, it's planned out and we're like, all right, we got to wait for this time. So it's like, or, you know, even in the studio, I guess. Um, but I like that, that plan to capture something very specific and like have emotion in it with when with weddings, you kind of just capture what's going on and you capture, you know, the life of the event. Mm-hmm which is the bride and groom and, you know, family, friends. But I, I just think that uh, it, I don't know, it draws my attention. It draws my attention. I haven't done a lot of it, but uh, from what I have done, I'm just like, yes. Yeah. And I could change my mind in the future, you know, but I definitely need to give it a good, good shot. And, uh, you know. There's something about that, too, that, that you hit on, which I think is interesting because the, all the work that we've done together and certainly mm-hmm. most of the work that, that we're both doing these days revolves around covering and documenting an event. Yeah. Something that's already set up and happening. Yeah. And it does change when you go into uh, some sort of intentional space, a studio, a location yeah. where the content itself is being created for the sole purpose of being captured. Yeah. And so... I can see that, you know, I'm coming off, you know, last week I went to a fashion shoot and that's mm, kind of, yeah. I was documenting and covering, but there was more, I was also directing, yeah. was more uh, of a back and forth and more of like a, more input on the creative's end rather than, yeah. and it all, all being covered. Placed, yeah. I But although with weddings, like get the getting ready portion, I think my favorite part of the wedding uh, is, um that time with the groom or, you know, the bride where you're able to, you know, get those portraits or like sunset photos and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. That's that fun time where you're just like, all right, this is all us. Yeah. What are we going to get? Like silhouette shots, cool, you know, cool photos that, you know, have that same fashion Mm -hmm. sense. So there's a little bit of it there, which also makes me think about it. Like, Oh, um, It'll just be more fun if I'm just doing that specifically. You know, we have that intentional goal to get, you know, uh, a shot for a magazine or, or uh, you know, an ad campaign. Or find the fun. Or find the fun, yeah. I know what you mean, though. Yeah, those moments are often my favorite, too, because I feel, yeah, I'm more engaged when I have the ability to input and to be more creative, to direct. Yeah. To, I mean, we were talking about this the last wedding. You know, my favorite shot of the whole day is the ring shots. They're beautiful, uh, yeah. And being able to, like, I love gorilla shooting and trying to work with what you have on site. And yeah. So like, you know, on this last wedding, you know, I, I just grabbed a bunch of the candles off people's tables and, like, <laughs> used my phone as, like, a, a, a mount and, about... I, you know, to try to mess with the light. I borrowed one of the girls, just some random girls, like, shine the light so I could shine the light on the yeah. gems. And to me, that was like the most fun part because here I am getting to set up my own composition. You know, I think about yeah. like product videography. Dude, it's yeah. Something that, that, uh, that interests me a lot. And, you know, shooting people is cool, but also shooting you know, objects product, will yeah. stand still when you they get to, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that's always fun. But, but yeah. yeah, those, those beats on the wedding are definitely you know, where I feel the most engaged to yeah. getting to work directly with people on camera. The people are the objects. Yeah. 
I, yeah, I definitely even even product stuff though. I'd really like to do product photography. I've looked at different um, you know, um places to work for as a product photographer yeah. or I I mean I've done product photography before. Um just not enough to be like, you know, I know I like to do this. Yeah. You know, but uh anytime even when you're just doing like those ring shots, it's just super fun. You're just like in that little little space. You're like, all right, we tweak this, mm-hmm. this setting, that setting. Um, Is there a particular brand or client that's like your holy grail? Oh, like for fashion? Yeah. Oh, man, that's tough. Because I don't think – did we touch on this? Um, I've never shot skateboarding before. Mm, really? Never. Interesting. Never. Like, I mean, yeah, I've like you videoed my friends. Camera out when no, you... I've never – which is so I, – I find that super interesting, but I'm like, I wonder why I don't. But at the same time, it's like when I'm out skating, I just want to skate, you right. know. And I think I like capturing uh, fashion and, like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, people. Uh, I have a lot of friends in the skate industry that are photographers. Um, and I've uh, been on – I've been shot photos of, and I, I think the process is uh, really cool on the other side of the lens too. Yeah. Um, but it just doesn't have the same, I don't, I don't get drawn to it as much as just going out and skating. So I, uh, yeah. That's how, that was the first, um, videography I ever did. Skating in high school. Me and my brother, my brother got like a, it was like a high eight or, or mini DV camcorder. Yeah. Well, it was like the original like tape. Oh, like a cassette? Like... It was a cassette, and then we had to digitize it when we got home. Damn. And it digitized in real time. So the amount of time you shot, that's how long it took to upload. So it took hours. That's cool, though. And then I was editing on iMovie, just figured it out on my own, you know? Yeah. And we had this, like, skate video that was just an evolving video that we never, like, put out. We put never out. finished. had a good time doing It's one of my great regrets is that I lost in my 20s the computer that had all that footage on it dude archive stuff i man. wish i still had it this is like pre-cloud right so yeah it was all on this one hard drive i gave my brother the computer at one point because i got a new laptop yeah and those files got lost somewhere along the way but dude we had the sickest little skate video and um but yeah like skateboarding yeah. you know two years ago when i went into barcelona with my cousin and Oh, skating there. Him, it's like so much fun. Like I would yeah. totally do more of that. And I have all these ideas, you know, I have this, again, it's, it's like, I have so many projects that just, I haven't done, but are in my head alive. And so me and my cousin are, you know, I have this idea for a skate video called big tricks. Big trick. Oh, we talked yeah, about this and they're on little, things. they're on little things. They're, the idea is like little tricks. Little or, tricks. Or, you know, I'm shooting non-professionals. Yeah. Although professionals are welcome. Yeah. But I'm shooting these tricks, you know, little tricks shot big. So like, yeah. you know, a kickflip over a five stair might not be considered big enough for a video. Yeah. But I want to put it in a video yeah, and yeah. shoot it in a way where it looks crazy, crazy, like blown out. And that's also like there's something really aesthetically pleasing about someone just doing a big kickflip. Like yeah. A simple trick simple over tricks. over an yeah. object or, you know, a I mean, pop shove it. Dude, you know, over a three stairs. Yeah, thing, you know, some of those simple tricks though are like my favorite. Like, yeah. I love pop shove it's over trash cans. That looks cool. It's one of my favorite things, mm-hmm. just because it 
it's so simple, but yet tech, technical. Wait, yeah, it's just like you got to be at the right. You got to be at the right time to catch it, and if mm-hmm. you do it right, you catch it like all steezy. Oh, a huge and, pop shove it, yeah. or just a huge slow yeah. kick flip. You know, beautiful, best some of the best things. Yeah, yeah. I I remember. I think at my peak of skating, I was doing like huge, like half cabs over five stairs. That's what's up. Like ollie to seven once. Good stuff. Just kick kick flipping five stairs. Nice. But uh, but man, I destroyed my ankles. I don't skate stairs. Yeah. Paid the the price. I do not skate stairs because of that reason. I don't anymore. I'll like do a couple of my basics Mm -hmm. on the stairs just because I know that I'll land them. Yeah. But I never am just like, oh, let's go sesh this 12 stair. I'm like, no. What do you mostly like to skate? Weird things. Like, weird objects that mm-hmm. just, like, nobody wants to get tricks on. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, I, that's why I think Europe is super cool because they have, like, so many weird spots that I just want to hit. All the old architecture. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, like, that's why uh, there's, a, there's a skater named Deeds. Um, and he's, like, one of my favorite skateboarders because he just, like, does crazy tricks on, like, super weird spots mm-hmm. and makes it look really really good style's crazy so that definitely inspires me but uh, that's one thing too you know as as a bit of an old dog in the skate mm -hmm. you know i'm not old dog compared to the real ogs ogs but uh i'm just blown away by where the sport has gotten oh and like dude and like your generation like the gen z kids crazy it's just insane what kids are doing these days like i couldn't even imagine now like trying to compete against the Dude, kind of tricks that like twelve year olds are throwing. down. Twelve year olds are like throwing down shit on El Toro, like <laughs> or like Hollywood sixteen. You know, crazy, crazy yeah. kids. I have no idea. I'm like, that's why I'm not going pro. Right. So you said deeds. Who are some of the other skaters that you are following right now that you think are like the guys that are pushing the sport forward, or girls? Honestly, I think just where. Um, where stuff is right now, I feel like there's a lot of dudes on, like, Instagram. That Instagram's taking over skating. It's mm. crazy. There's a lot of stuff going out on there. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, like, some of those skaters, like, um, like, Cater, William Strobach, who's a filmer. Um, he, they just, so the Supreme team, Supreme Riders, they all do it right. Like, I think the filming is cool, all that stuff. And some of those unknown names that don't really do it for publicity or anything mm-hmm. like that i think i like a lot of those videos underground bros. underground bros yeah gx 1000 yeah i look up to a lot of those guys but That's uh tight. yeah for the skating and stuff it's cool yeah cool cool um right on man well dude I appreciate you coming on my podcast. Thank you for having How, me. This was your first podcast. It right? was my first podcast. Pretty fun, right? I, oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's chill. It's laid back. Enjoyed it. Um, I'm, how, how can people like find you or connect with you? Uh, through my Instagram, which is brennan.smart, B-R-E-N-N-A-N, period, smart, S-M-A-R-T, and then my website, brennansmart.com. Sweet. Yeah, it's probably my uh my Do you have a um like a website or a portfolio if people want to check out your photography? Website. And I again yeah, I don't post much on Instagram, so Brennan dot com. 
brandonsmart.com sweet well and you got any last things before we wrap up here no thank you hell yeah appreciate dude. you bro thanks for coming on bro <sighs> absolutely and, uh, love it to all you out there be well till the next time uh i'll see you at the next wedding bro hell yeah <laughs>